Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, May 15th, and we have all seen Doctor Strange 2. So, that is all this episode will be about, is Doctor Strange, our review, our spoilers, so don't even whine. If you have not seen it yet and you don't want spoilers, you better stop it now. I'm talking stop it now because no filters. It's all getting spoiled. That's right. <laughs> Wanda dies. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Out the gate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well meters. Well meters. Jeremy gave us ours or his last time because he had seen it first. Uh, let's get a recap on Jeremy's though. What's you got, Jeremy? Uh, forget what I had said now, but I will just say I'm between pleasantly and overwhelmed, kind of. Okay. More towards pleasantly, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. That's what you said in the previous episode as well, so. Was it? Yep. Okay, good. So, you're on point. Hey, cool. <laughs> He's probably listened to it about six times now, so yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Richard, what is yours? I'm overly whelmed. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. It is up there with my top five Marvel movies. Awesome. Wow. Top five. All right, then. So did this beat out Spider-Man? No Way Home. No, it did not beat out Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did it beat out Spider-Man No Way Home? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think I like this more than Spider-Man No Way Home. Nice. Ooh, nice. This uh this movie Sam Raimi was the perfect director for this movie. Like just full stop. Perfect person to direct a Doctor Strange movie. I know he didn't write the movie, which that's, you know, we'll get into all that, but just the perfect person to do this. It was very like cinematic like the way it was done was I I will say very on point. Pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So what was what was your well meter there, Michael? I think I'm right there with you, Jeremy. I think I am pleasantly to overly whelmed. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I spoiled things for myself or not. <laughs> I think it has more to do with the ending, though, and the pacing more than anything else. Yeah. And we can kind of get into that as we go. But I think that's kind of why I was not overwhelmed. Because I was talking to my wife afterwards, and she was asking me the same thing about, you know, I asked her her well meter as well. Oh, did <laughs> and, <you>? uh, Yeah. <laughs> and I was telling her, I said, there's just something missing. There's something not right, and I don't know what it is. And and then it dawned on me. It's just, it was it had to do with the pacing at the end. Yeah. So, real quick synopsis of the movie. Scarlet Witch is after America Chavez. She wants to absorb her multidimensional power so that she can go and be, Scarlet Witch can go and be with her children, Tommy and Billy. And also so that if Tommy and Billy get sick, she could then transport to any dimension or any multiverse that she wants for a cure. Uh, So the whole time, our Doctor Strange is out and about trying to save America Chavez. They go to different multiverses and things like that. And that's pretty much the, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, since you, you brought that up, like Wanda mentioning that gave off big, like Rick and Morty vibes. Like, just like, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to travel the multiverse. <laughs> so like, you know, whenever my family dies, I'll just get a new family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll just go to a more our universe, Morty, where where we're already dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they did. Yep. Spoiler alert on that. So I guess one question I do have, just to kind of as a starting point of, I don't know, it's probably not really a starting point, but anyways, America Chavez. Of course, I had never heard of her, and I didn't even really look into her even before this movie. So is she? I mean, did her character kind of stay? on point within the comics a little bit or like what all does she have in reference there, I guess. Um, America Chavez is a fairly new character. I honestly don't know much about her other than that. She is like, she's got the powers to punch, not punch, but she can create star shaped portals that travel the multiverse. And she, I think also in the comics, she is truly like the only, there's, she's the only version of herself throughout the multiverse. Like there's no other America Chavez. Uh, but that's about as far as I know with her. Yeah, I think Richard actually knew more than I did about her. So I didn't know that she was the only one like that. I don't know much about her. Uh, you asking about her, I do know that she's a new character. And that made me realize that I didn't do the thing that I normally do. And that's list out the uh, first appearances. Yeah. So. Real quick, while we're talking about America Chavez and where she comes from, her first appearance is in Vengeance number one. Doctor Strange is Strange Tales 110, along with Wong. That's his first appearance as well. Christine Palmer is Night Nurse number one. Scarlet Witch, Uncanny X-Men number four. Gargantos, because that's the name we had to use for that creature to chase after America Chavez. Submariner number 13. Rentra, who is the Minotaur, the green one, um, Doctor Strange 81. I'm going to throw this one out there and, and we can talk about this right after. Sarah Wolf, oh, yeah. who in the comics was a love interest of Wong at one point. She got her own Funko Pop <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Her her first appearance is Doctor Strange 38. Cathan is debated. Marvel Chillers number one, Avengers 186. I have Avengers 186. That's kind of what I lean towards. Captain Carter, Captain Carter number one, Black Bolt, Fantastic Four number 46, Mr. Fantastic, Fantastic Four one, Professor X, Uncanny X-Men one, Darkhold, Marvel Spotlight number four, Book of Ashanti, Strange Tales 116, Illuminati, New Avengers number seven, Baron Mordo, Strange Tales 111, and Clea, Strange Tales 126. So, there's a bunch of spoilers for you, too. <laughs> I like how you listed the Book <laughs> of Ashanti as one of the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark hold as well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's funny. <laughs> so, who's uh, who's Sarah Wolf? Okay, so as far as to go back to your first question, as far as America Chavez, I think they did her really well. Yes. Okay. She is a Latino, uh, lesbian character. So we saw like her costumes very like the one we saw on screen. That's pretty much what she wears in the comic books with her gay pride uh, flag pin and stuff like that. And outside of that, I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know much anything else. So Sarah Wolf is, like I said, she's just, a, I don't know much about her either, but she's a love interest of Wong. And, you know, there's these leaks of the Funko Pops came out. And that was one of them was a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness Funko that was named Sarah. Well, there was debate on whether it'd be Sarah Wolf or if it would be Baron Mordo's mother. Or no, yeah, Baron Mordo's mother, because her name is Sarah as well. Sarah in the movie was the one that she just died. Like ran over. <laughs> yeah, she tackled the dark hold, she stabbed it, and she died. 
Uh, she set up a cannon as well early on. Like she had a couple of parts in there, but nothing substantial. In the movie, Jeremy, she is the one that uh, when portals open up, uh, she's from, I think the like Shanghai, I forget what, there, there's one from like London and there's some like sorcerers from London and from sorcerers from, I think it's like Shanghai. But anyway, She's the one that eventually, while Wong is strung up, while Wanda's doing her dream walking, yeah. she runs over and stabs the Darkhold and then dies. So it's just funny. What does he call her? I didn't think I didn't, I didn't think her, he had said Sarah or he yeah, had some other he, name. He says her name once. It's a literally it, to get oh, really? a Funko Pop. It's just hilarious because like she's such a like background character <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, she did more than Rintra, but I mean, Rintra kind of stood out a lot more. Oh my god, <laughs> I have to, I have to mention that. Like, I, I think it's hilarious that they show Rintra. Like, they don't mention him, but they show him. He's in a bunch of scenes, but they tell nothing about him. <laughs> so, like, normal audience viewers are like, "Who the fuck is <laughs> the green like like cow man?" <laughs> <laughs> I just find that hilarious. Okay. I was trying to figure out like who Rentro was, like who you were talking about. Yeah, he's the he's the green green minotaur. So green huh. cowman. Uh, yeah. Like Richard was saying. Yeah. And he's supposed to be an ally to Doctor Strange. And yeah, that kind of didn't go anywhere either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I find it I'm mean, Rentra has a Funko Pop, which I, I'm okay with just because he's different and you know, he is, they could bring him back to do something else. But Sarah, I was just like, she's done. Like, that's, there's no coming back from that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, she was like turned into like a stone like piece or something. I don't know. All right. So what, what, let's, let's just geek out. Let's geek out about this thing. What, where do we want to start? Uh, I, I'll just start just for a second for some, some, f uh, facts that I had. One, did you guys realize it's been six years since the first Doctor Strange? I didn't know the exact number, but I knew it's been a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, to me, it hasn't felt that long, but it's been six years. It yeah. came out in October 20th of 2016. That's crazy. Like, I, I don't know. I was just, I, I was kind of blown away by that. It felt longer to me. Oh, in oh all really? Honesty. Like, I've, I've been anticipating mm -hmm. this movie for a while now, and like, it it feels like it is just taking forever to get a, do a second Doctor Strange. I mean, mm. we, we got freaking Tom Holland, Peter Parker quick, like later than we got Doctor Strange. And we've already got a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> and we had a trilogy before his second came out. Like, yeah, I know. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so another interesting little fact is I discovered this when I actually sent y'all a text message. I think this was intentional and not like they knew from the beginning, but like the movie was released on Mother's Day weekend. The whole theming throughout this movie is like mother things. Uh, and the acronym for this movie is mom. Huh. That's funny. That's all weirdly intent. Like it feels like it was <laughs> intentionally done. I just thought that was really interesting. Didn't, did its release date change any from what it was originally said? Yes, it did. That's what I was thinking, but... It was actually supposed to... The movie was supposed to be released before No Way Home. Mm -hmm. But because of all the, like, COVID things, it got changed and No Way Home got released before Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Wow. 
it also seems like we're in Avengers disassembled like phase with this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a Jeremy and for our audience, there's a comic called Avengers Disassembled, which it takes place oh. after the House of M storyline, which in the House of M storyline is where Wanda creates her children. And then by the end of it, you know, she she also does where she makes mutants. Like I'm skipping the biggest because I kind of think we should read it at one point. Um, but she creates it to where mutants are the main like species on Earth and like just regular humans are kind of like a dying species. And she has her oh. children and stuff. And by the end of it, you know, they they force her and tell her that her children aren't real and yada, yada, yada. And then in Avengers Disassembled, she decides to take it out on the Avengers and she starts murdering some of them. Like she kills Hawkeye as one of them. And um, instead of it being the Illuminati, it was, you know, the Avengers. So it feels like they took a little bit from that story as well. Yeah, I just figured whenever you said Avengers disassembled, I just figured you meant how they're all like blown to pieces in this movie, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, y'all hyped to see the Illuminati? Sure. not knowing how important they are but yeah sure (laughs) i was like here's the thing i don't find them important at all and yeah like i was i was hyped to see people on the illuminati but i like how they like uh i was glad that they like accurately portrayed the illuminati as these group of people that think they have like this moral high ground and they're always right, but they're actually just a bunch of idiots making, like, stupid decisions. <laughs> and, like, of course, when it happens, because, like, I get it in their universe. They didn't know, like, Wanda was capable of these things. But they're all like, we'll handle your little Scarlet Witch. And then, like, when Wanda yeah. shows up, like, I don't want to sort of jump to that because I feel like that's the biggest talking point about this movie. But, yeah, when when she just shows them up, it's it's great. <laughs> Yeah, like that's what was going to be like one of my big questions is just, you know, before we had we had talked about the Illuminati here or there, because obviously, you know, it's possibly be coming up in this movie. And the way that I had understood it, it was like it was just this one central group that was kind of governing the whole multiverse. So is that the way it is in the comics where it's like just one or is it like this? I mean, because, um, yeah, spoilers, they're gone. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you see the Illuminati and now they're gone? So is that, like, is there Illuminati somewhere else? Or Well, one, Mordo is still alive because he got left in the pit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But, Which was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can, let's, all right, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the airplane. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. How are you, you're going to go fight a witch and you're not going to go take a Sorcerer Supreme of your universe with you? Or what? What logic is that? What? Freaking logic is that. Well, that and the Source Supreme from his universe, I mean, doesn't seem to be as powerful as he is. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, to me, Wong doesn't seem as powerful as they've made him seem like he's not as powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. To Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let's talk about that for a second. Why the <laughs> fuck is Wong like the climbing the up thing, a Degum mountain? The thing that irritates me the most is. The title of Sorcerer Supreme matters. It means you are the most powerful magic user in this realm. The Supreme Sorcerer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Wong 
is given Source of Supreme because Strange was gone for five years. But when Strange comes back, that title should go back to Strange. Because in this movie, Wong does dick all. <laughs> like, he can't even fight like a damn like tentacle monster without getting his ass kicked. <laughs> like, all he, like, I, I, don't get me wrong, I like Benedict Wong, the actor that plays Wong. I think that's his name. Yeah, I like his haircut, and this one's better, too. Yeah, and and all, but, like, he should absolutely not be the source of Supreme. And at the end of this movie, I thought maybe it was going to be given back to Doctor Strange, but it doesn't. And it just annoyed the hell out of me. Anyway, sorry, continue on about your, your rant on... <laughs> We'll go back down our our ladder here <laughs> on your rant on bringing Mordo. I mean, you send Captain Carter out there to go fight a witch and not the Sorcerer Supreme of your of your universe. Yeah, like what? That's stupid. You send like you send your most fluffy Avengers out there, basically. Well, like, <laughs> well, I think one that that's supposed to show that the hubris of this group is like they think they can just handle it, and two. This Wanda, the Wanda in their universe, doesn't have the dark hold. She just has her like generic red glowy telekinesis powers. So I'm assuming they thought that like, oh, we can just handle her. Like, and obviously they can't because they're not listening to Strange. The only damn person who was, which I liked, was Professor X. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, like, anyway. Well, I mean, even even Wanda with just her regular yeah. magic is a badass bitch. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, even, I mean, she didn't have the dark hold whenever, like, during WandaVision. And she did all that. And so I just... Yeah, well, during WandaVision, I think it was Agatha, like, messing with her using the dark hold. So there was some kind of... I'd have to rewatch it, but the dark holds there, and that's what Agatha's like using to like manipulate Wanda with. But well, during WandaVision, she was coming into being the Scarlet Witch, which was prophesizing stuff like that. I think even outside of the dark hold, I think the dark hold just added to what she could do, if that makes any kind of sense. Cause like it was prophesized that she would be the Scarlet Witch and that the Scarlet Witch would be either the ruler of the universe or the end of the universe, as Wong said in the movie. Mm -hmm. So the Scarlet Witch alone is bad. Yeah. And then you then you add access to the Dark Hold on top of that, and it takes it to even a whole other level. And I, I don't think the movie did well explaining that. Yeah. So well, I'm just saying, like Wanda pre pre WandaVision, Wanda had no reality altering powers, and before it was just generic red, like glowy telekinesis powers. And they didn't realize that. So, like, you know, obviously, like, freaking Jeremy, here you go. Captain Marvel would absolutely kick Wanda's ass, I think, personally. Like, pre-WandaVision, <laughs> pre, pre, pre -WandaVision, at, like, before she had chaos magic and could manipulate reality, like, she could totally, like, just kick Wanda's ass. Which, uh, I'll just talk about it. The death scenes with these guys, like... The two Reed and Black Bolt will live yeah. in like will live in my head rent free for the rest of my life. Like the the noise that Reed's head makes when it pops. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't get that sound out of my head. And like 
the the like the noise as well and like the way it looks when Black Bolt like blows uh-huh. his head up and then falls to the ground. It's they're two of the best death scenes in all of Marvel so far. And I kind of am disappointed that like Captain Carter gets a a decent death scene. Like they don't really show it, but obviously you see that she gets cut in half. But then Captain Marvel just gets killed with a statue. statue. <laughs> that felt very like, how's she gonna die? Oh, she gets crushed by a statue. Like, I don't know. Just something like that. Because <laughs> even Professor X even gets a cool like death scene. Yeah. Ooh. That one creeped me out. Like, just just come out of the smoke like that and woo. She even had like the the gray looking skin. So she she was creepy. Yeah. Coming out of that. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was gonna say. Like, pay attention the next time. If you the next time you see it, pay attention to her face and like her fingers as she wrap. Like, it's yeah. really super quick. But like, if you can pay attention to that, and even if you're watching it at home and you're able to freeze frame it, like, oh my god, it's so creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so creepy. Yeah, well, like I said, Sam Raimi, his like style of horror movie was the perfect guy to do this movie. This movie is very Raimi. And it it shows, especially the um at the end when they're when Wanda is chasing after them through the tunnels and she's just like covered in like blood or something and her eyes are glowing and she's like yeah. limping through there. Like that is a Raimi movie, like just oh my gosh. Front and center. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll say this. I do kind of disagree with you on the reality warping. I think she had that. I just don't think she was able to tap into it yet, but I can't necessarily really prove that either right now. So I think it's just kind of how people look at it. So, yeah, I mean, there was no like visual like shown on screen, so we can like argue that till the sun goes down. But (laughs) (laughs) so one of the interesting, so I wrote down like a bunch of interesting facts that I learned. The writer for this script is named Michael Waldron. He wrote for Loki, and he was brought on after the original writer and director from the first Doctor Strange left due to creative differences. Yeah, I remember that. His original script, like the first draft, because scripts have like multiple drafts before they're finally like, okay, this is the movie. His original script had the Illuminati in it, but it did not have superior Iron Man Tom Cruise. He, he was quoted because there was an interview done by the Nerdist Network that usually has like Dan Casey and stuff where they interviewed him. And he had heard all these rumors coming out that like Tom Cruise was going to be Superior Iron Man. And he was like, I didn't put that in my script. And he said like some ideas were floated around in Marvel, but he said he went to like Feige and was like, could we, could we do that? Could we, could we get Tom Cruise as like Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting fact is Wanda was going to capture Wong, use her reality-altering powers to make Wong into an 80s action star like Arnold Schwarzenegger in like Commando and Predator. And he was supposed to hunt down Doctor Strange and America Chavez like, like the Terminator, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I love that idea I want that to be a what if episode <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with a what if but I don't want to see that at all <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't really either this is another silly thing but on the Illuminati he was going to make it filled with like expendable characters 
And one of them he was going to have is called the Phone Ranger, who is a goofy ass looking superhero. His his real name is A.G. Bell, which is hilarious to me. And he can his powers essentially he can tap into any communication device. <laughs> and apparently he was going to have like one of the most grisliest deaths in the movie. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, uh but, yeah. Wait, go. wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just we never answered my question here. <laughs> oh, okay. Is there only like one Illuminati? Like, I mean, no, uh, yes. Like, as far as the comics go, Earth six one six, which that's another mountain that we're gonna climb up in a second. Oh my gosh! Six one six. Don't derail, Michael. I know. <laughs> Earth six one six comic book universe. There is only one Illuminati. And they aren't over any kind of multiversal, which this movie version wasn't over any multiversal thing. They just, I think it's essentially like the Avengers, but they don't call themselves the Avengers. They just call themselves the Illuminati. Yes. But in the comics, it was a thing that was established by Tony Stark. And it had Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Professor X, Namor the Submariner. And I believe that's it. And some of those characters. Reluctantly Black Panther. Yes. Black Panther. I forgot about Black Panther. And they were basically going to be like the people that decide what certain events, how they play out, like Civil War and the incursions and yeah, other things that happen in the universe. Okay. I think you looked at this one as a multiversal Illuminati because they were dealing with a multiversal problem, but yeah. That the the Baxter, I assume that's the Baxter building where they're at is what it, is how it came off. They said it's the Baxter Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was Christine Palmer. She said that she worked for the Baxter Foundation. Mm-hmm. But that foundation knew of the multiverse, and that holds up to me because the Fantastic Four know about the negative zone and other things like that. So that to me, like that holds up. I don't think that they're in charge though of like. They're not like multiversal Avengers. They're not like multiversal Illuminati. Like they just deal with things that happen that happen on their Earth. It's like yeah, okay. All the other Earths, fuck them, and the, and there are their multiverses, fuck them. <laughs> we <laughs> we're just we just want to make sure ours is good and straight, and there's no incursions that happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, which I guess is essentially what they were doing with this one is trying to make sure nothing like that happens. Yeah, Reed mentions to Doctor Strange about how like every moment that you're here in our universe can cause an incursion. So you, you need to leave. Yeah. I did think that aspect was cool that somebody from a different earth being there, almost causing a rift or something like almost making, if you're from one universe and you go to another, that it at some point in time, I guess the longer you're there, you're out of place. Those start to merge almost. And hopefully one survives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I thought that was actually kind of cool the way they did that. Because that is, that's different from the comics, is it not? Yeah, like the comics, you see giant, like you see another Earth literally in your atmosphere and it's going to literally crash, like their Earth and your Earth is going to crash into one another and then it explodes. But someone kind of explained, uh, I forget who it was, I was watching a YouTube video on it, but um, explained that in Loki, when they show the like timelines, 
you know, that little cartoon, it's all wibbly wobbly lines. Mm-hmm. When they're like laying over each other, that's when like an, an incursion happens. In other words, it's two parallel timelines, two parallel universes colliding into one another. Oh, wow. See, that was going to be another question of mine is like, I mean, does the TVA not have anything to do with that kind of stuff? I'm assuming it's because of the events that happen either in Loki 1 or Loki 2. But yeah, I don't know, Jeremy. Right now, we don't have an answer for that. Or timelines are different than multiverse. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I could think of, too, is like if it was because they deal more in time than like the different universes. Yeah. See, I don't I don't agree with that because the different timelines are different universes at that point. Like the moment you do something different from your past self, that creates a parallel universe. But I don't know. Anyway, that's another thing that we could argue all day. (laughs) I will say this too, now that we're talking about the TVA, they did a really cool tie-in with Reed Richards. When Reed shows up to the Illuminati, the portal that opens up and he comes in, it looks like the TVA. Oh. It looks exactly like the TVA portal, just not yellow and it's it's vertical instead of like horizontal. And that would make sense because a version of Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards. Right. That's cool. I didn't even think about that. That's cool though. Yeah. So back to your interesting facts. I just, I had to interrupt there for a minute because I uh, we didn't answer my question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I like that uh, Defender Strange says to America Chavez at the beginning of the film. I thought this was interesting. He uses the exact line that he said to that MCU Doctor Strange says to Peter Parker in No Way Home. The line is, uh, in the grand calculus of the multiverse, your sacrifice means infinite more than, like, their sacrifice. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. They used the same line. Yeah. Huh. That was another thing, too, that they kept trying to hit on was the fact of, like, all the strangers being the same. And I, I do think it was interesting they actually made ours different. Yeah. And, yeah. like, our strange he has an arc in this movie because everyone keeps mentioning like Christine mentions it. uh, Someone else mentions it, but I think it's another Christine. I thought, I thought the doctor at Christine's wedding mentions it, but about how Reed, Reed, how Steven always has to be the one holding the scalpel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the movie, instead of taking America Chavez or quote unquote, holding the scalpel, he lets her, you know, hold the scalpel. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little yeah. arc for him. Yeah, definitely. All right, so this whole 616 debacle, okay? Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> first of all, first of all, is it not in the comic books that we're like 1999, 99? Uh, yeah, wait, we, you mean like as in the MCU? Yeah. Yes. It's like what we've been watching, basically. Yes. Yeah, so no... The comic books has never actually said, from what I've, when I did some research, the comic books has not said that MCU universe is 1999999. It is something that fans who have like created all these wiki pages and stuff has designated the MCU as. I thought it was in the Secret Wars book though. Not, not that I know of. I mean, If it's in the main, uh, not MCU, if it's in the main Secret Wars run, because I didn't read all those tie-ins, I sure as hell don't remember it being in there, but 
they have technically alluded to the MCU being Earth 616 multiple times, but it, this has been the first time that it's ever been outright said from a character. So in Thor the Dark World, uh, forget the Skarsgård guy, the the doctor, the one, the crazy doctor that ends up being like naked throughout the movie. He <laughs> is talking about like multiverses and things and he has written up there like our Earth is 616 or something on his chalkboard. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. In the Loki show, the film reel that they're showing to Loki of the the MCU Loki that ends up being killed by Thanos. When it runs out, we see it the written on the little like film. It says like E, I forget what it is. It says like E R T H or something. Or I, I, it's it doesn't say Earth, but it it's like spelled out in abbreviations. But anyway, it says Earth six one six on the tape. And there was one other time, and I cannot remember, and I should have wrote it down. But anyway, and but this is the first time that it's actually verbally mentioned. No. <laughs> And this is this is where I have my issue. Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. That's the other one. Says your Earth is six one six. Yes, that's a problem. Yes. Why is that a problem? Wait. So wait. 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 <laughs> uh, so is why? I mean, is is six one six in the comics? Is that like where like the majority of the storylines kind of happen? That Earth six one six. Yes. It okay. is so. apparently like essentially the main kind of like timeline or main universe that all the comics takes place in. So uh, I'm sure we were about to get into it before I stopped you, but why is is calling this the MCU 616 such a big problem? So by doing this, you're now saying there's two Earth 616s. So like, because in in the grand scheme of the multiverse, like... To call the MCU universe 616 now confuses if you try to explain, oh, but that happened in Earth 616. And then you're like, wait, but which one? Because there's now two. Because that one by fans had a designation number. It was Earth 199999. So it, it really fucks up like how you number them. Well, so could you not just say like, well, this, I mean, as being just, I mean, I don't read, obviously I'm being a normal here. I just keep like, <laughs> I mean, I, to me in my head, I'm like, well, the, the movie part is its own separate thing. It's not like you're gonna, like not necessarily crossing in between those two. So just having this movie series saying this is 616 over here to me, it doesn't, I mean, again, I'm, I, I'm not as in depth with the comics, but <laughs> But to me, it doesn't bother me as much saying, all right, this is, we can keep this all separated over here in this movie timeline, but not, and then the comics, you know, they have their own thing. Yeah, that's what you'd have to do is you'd have to sit there and say MCU 616 or comics 616. But like, like Richard said, though, like movie 616, MCU 616 already had a number of 1999.99. Yeah. So why didn't they just keep it 1999.99? Yeah. And then or even just give it a different number. Make it whatever. 738. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I could see like what you're saying like if you're just, you know, wanting to start start up a conversation and you start talking about one saying that this happened in Earth 616 and if they know the characters between the two different comics or the movies, then yeah, you'd have to specify. Well, like, the other thing that that it's to me this is the biggest like I love this movie. And like I had 
to really figure out some things that I quote unquote didn't like about it. <laughs> but this was the biggest faux pas to me because, and the reason being is because this is a series of movies that are meticulously combed through to make sure that the continuity of every single thing, like they've had a few hiccups every now and then, they aren't like perfect. But to call it 616 is a huge continuity error. A giant, like human, like the size of Galactus, the, <laughs> the size of Tiamat size continuity error. <laughs> and for them to either say that like, no, the movies are completely separate, which I'm fine with, but it would just make more sense to go, no, there is a movie universe and there is a comic universe and they all exist yeah. in the Marvel multiverse right. and they can all do their own thing and we can just reference it if need be. Yeah. Cause I was say like, I mean, I guess you could kind of debate that they, whenever Dr. Strange and Chavez were jumping through, you could almost say they went through the, the comic book six, one, six there for a split second too. Cause they turned into comic book yeah. people. Yeah, they did. They, uh, you see in one of them, the living tribunal, the B world, possibly hell or, Something, I don't know, uh, the Savage Land, that cartoon world that you mentioned, Jeremy, Block World, Paint World, and a bunch of other ones that I have no clue. Like a, one with a bunch of pipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super Mario's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the fact of like, all of us comic nerds, for the most part, have been excited to see like our favorite characters come to life on the screen. And, and a lot of us have been wanting that for years. Like, and even older people wanting it more than than the new ones that are coming around. So, you know, the whole time we've been thinking this is a universe just of itself. Yeah. And, you know, it's not exactly the comic books. And we were fine with that because not everything happened exactly the same as it did in the comic books. But now you're saying it's the same Earth as everything that we've been reading for 60 years now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of like, well, Civil War wasn't that. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, uh, and to use those kind of stories, like Age of Ultron was not that. No. So God, no. You, you've taken these storylines from the 616 universe, from the main continuity, from the main source that you're getting all your material from, and now you're saying these movies are that material. And it's like, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the other interesting little fact uh, that I should have mentioned earlier was that uh, 616, apparently that number was derived from, I forget, I didn't write the guy's name down, but a comic book uh, writer was writing for Captain Britain. And that was the first time that uh, Saturnine mentions that that Earth that they're taking place on is 616. That was like the first mention of the number 616. And he was asked why he picked that number. And he said, I took 666 and subtracted 50. Why 50? I don't know. But the reason why he picked 666 is because he thought to live in the Marvel Universe would literally be like living in hell because it would just be terrible to live there. <laughs> Basically what, what we've been saying. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> wow. Just wow. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So I've got a problem with Quentin Beck knowing the Earth's number. 
Yeah. Like, it, it came out that he was not a multi-dimensional superhero yeah. in, in No Way Home. It came out that he was a past Stark Enterprises employee and had recruited other past Stark Enterprises employees to take down Stark Enterprises or Industries. I'm sorry, I've been misquoting. Industries. So, yeah, I've always had beef with that scene anyways. It's, mm-hmm. it's always puzzled me, especially because you, your scroll Nick Fury and your scroll Maria Hill didn't catch on to this either. And I, it just, I've never, I've, that scene has always kind of pissed me off a little bit because it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. No, I, I agree, especially now that this is Earth 616. It's like, I guess he just, you know, how like, a broken clock, you know, gets it right twice a day. It was just, he just took a wild stab in the dark and got it right, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, like, I guess scrolls know about multidimensional and multi, multiverse as well because they never call bullshit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so for the longest time, I was thinking Quentin Beck was a scroll. Because I'm like, somebody's got to be a scroll that we don't know of. Because, you know, that would kind of make more sense. But then that would also make Scroll Maria Hill and Nick Fury bad people as well. And they don't seem to be bad people. But then Quentin Beck tried to kill him too. So maybe, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just, I feel like there's a giant plot hole or something there that they've got to, somebody's got to help me figure it out. (laughs) You, You could say, if you wanted to fix this, the easiest way to fix this is just go, that Christine Palmer was wrong. Like, <laughs> they just, she called it, like, on their Earth, they called it 616, but that's just wrong. They're wrong. It's not 616. That one over there is 616. This one's, like I said, a new number. 738. <laughs> yeah. Or or it's just, that's what they just named it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just, like you, like, you were pulling up the one from Thor. I didn't know about that one. I want to say I remember the Loki one, but I'm not positive on that. And then I knew the Quentin Beck one, and then this one was obvious here. Mm-hmm. So it's like they they've made like they've made references of this Earth being six one six more than once and twice. So like, how many accents are we gonna have? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other biggest faux pas to me is like so Doctor Strange. The whole point of him is like he had a horrible accident. He completely destroyed his hands. They could not be fixed. So he then eventually uses magic to do everything. And by that, I mean, like, the most Doctor Strange can do is, like, maybe turn a handle with his hands. The rest of the stuff, he uses magic to do everything. If he wants to make himself tea, tea will float and make itself, and he'll make himself tea. Or, like, tea will just appear. We see at the beginning of the movie, he ties his tie using magic, because that's something that would take a lot of, like, dexterous you know, having to use your hands. At the end of the movie, he's just able to repair his watch, like, with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, I was really bugged by that because I'm like, it should have been him using magic. Like I said, I'm having to nitpick here because I really do love this movie a lot. But it's just one of those things. I'm not a huge Doctor Strange fan, so I don't care. But I know a lot of Doctor Strange people like that he or doesn't like, that he doesn't wear gloves to hide his mangled fingers, which in the movies, his fingers aren't really mangled. They have, like, scars on them. 
Yeah. But like in the comics, they're like fucked up looking. <laughs> well, and they even made reference to that in his x-rays and comparing them to their Doctor Strange over there at the Illuminati home base. Mm-hmm. And so they were showing the x-rays and I was like, his hands don't look like that. That's a dumb x-ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. It was really fun. As much as I was wanting Moon Knight to kind of be like my next fascination or obsession, I guess, I feel like Doctor Strange is more taking that place than Moon Knight is. I, you know, like I've said before, like I, the more I watched the first Doctor Strange, like when I came out of it, I was like, I didn't, I was weary of going to the Doctor Strange movie to begin with, the first one. Because I was like, I don't know. I'm not, I've never been... Doctor Strange is never fast. Not just magic. It's whatever. I'm just never yeah, whatever. Same. Uh, and then coming out of it, I was like, hey, that's actually, that was a really good movie. And then the more I see it, the more I really enjoy the first Doctor Strange. And now having seen this, one, I like the character more. I love how he's kind of a smart ass and stuff like that. And they've kept that up and things. Uh, somewhat of a sidetrack. This feels like an original Marvel movie again. Mm-hmm more so than any other Marvel movie that has come out this year, more so than Black Widow, more so than Shang-Chi, more so than, I don't, has another one even come out? I'm forgetting <laughs> something. I'm not forgetting. Eternals. Etern- oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Like, this, this felt so much more like an original Marvel movie and a universe-building movie than any of those other ones. Like, I know we got Chavez in it, but I never felt like Doctor Strange was losing his movie to Chavez. Yeah. Like I felt Black Widow losing her movie to Belova. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I also think the thing about like some of these recent Marvel movies is it felt like we weren't like headed to, you know, I, I know they don't necessarily have to be like, oh, here's the next big bad and we're headed that way. But it felt like we were spinning our wheels. Like every movie kind of ended and it was like, okay, so where are we headed here? But this movie, like as soon as Reed says like you've triggered or you you may have triggered an incursions, I like threw my hands up in the air and I'm like, Secret Wars, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was just so freaking hyped when I when I saw that. But see, I think that's what's great about it is that like you said, uh, we're spinning our wheels and stuff like that. But like, we got to where we're going from here. Like we, we got hints and clues as to what's coming up next, but it didn't overshadow the movie. It's not what the entire movie was about necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they wanted to prevent incursions. Yeah. Like that was a threat, but it never, like it never became more of a threat than Wanda, who was the main villain of the movie. And by the way, I believe that like, Elizabeth Olsen's acting in this was the best acting out of her entire MCU catalog that she has. And also, I, I'm I'm just glad she finally gave up on the Russian accent because yeah. uh, it's been a thing that's been going anyways. So yeah. it might as well just not be, be existing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will agree. Yeah. It was just so much fun to watch her be the villain. Like, it really was fun to watch her with the confidence and all that jazz. Uh, one of the reasons this movie was supposed to just be like kind of how Mad Max Fury Road was, 
it was all just the entire movie was supposed to be a complete like chase scene. Like it was supposed to just start off and Wanda's chasing them all throughout the movie. Like that was the intention of the like first draft. And they kind of kept that at the end as well. So I, I just like, yeah, I like Wanda being the villain and how she's just constantly pursuing them throughout this movie. Yeah. I was going to say, they pretty much stuck to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, you've been quiet. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've just been, been trying to, to learn more about it. What other questions you got? Uh, I don't, I don't know right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, while you're thinking, Jeremy, just while uh, Michael was talking about how Doctor Strange is kind of like a smart ass, I love how he's just taking the piss out of the Illuminati when they show up. You know, <laughs> I love when they introduce Black Agar Boltagon and he says like, Hey, there, there, Agar. <laughs> I just thought that shit was so funny. And then, like, she's like, you know, you better be glad that he doesn't converse with you. And he's like, why? Does he have bad breath? <laughs> Which, also, I'll say, I fucking hate, like, the Inhumans and Black Bolt and all that. But w- the way they displayed his power, when we see the flashback of him using it, Man, for our audience, do not, do not wait until this movie comes out on streaming. Go see it in a theater. Yeah. Because that scene, when he says, I'm sorry, and the way they they did that, where it keeps repeating over and it gets louder and louder and louder. Like, I actually covered my ears in theaters. Like, I, like as much as I hate the Inhumans and I hate Black Bolt, like, that was a really cool way to display his powers. Well, and just the the dialogue, like the just him saying, "I'm sorry," mm-hmm. like he, you know, he's not gonna have many words anyways. And then for them to make those his only words in the entire movie is, "I'm sorry." In that one scene where they're killing Doctor Strange because he has been corrupted by the Darkhold, essentially, I was just like, "Wow, that's yeah, that's it's just it was crazy. It was crazy." Did y'all, I'm sure Michael did, but did you hear the 90s X-Men rift when they introduced Charles Xavier? The Fuck yeah, I did. I don't want to do it because it's copyrighted <laughs> and there's a whole lawsuit about it right now. But yeah, they played the 90s X-Men cartoon and like, man, did they get that right? He's even wearing the green suit. Right? Like, oh my God. When, I, <laughs> when he came around and I actually got to see it, legitimately not like on a YouTube riff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was fucking geeking out. I was just like, Oh my God, this is it. This is it. This is my one and only time I'm going to get to see this with the, with Patrick Stewart. This is it. Yep. <laughs> I also love the line that he says to when they all go to like fight Wanda and he's staying there. He says the, uh, just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean that they're lost forever, which is a line that it was in days of future past that future Professor Xavier, Patrick Stewart, says to young Professor Xavier in that movie. I just thought that was a cool callback as well. Okay, that is cool. I I figured it was from something. I just couldn't place what it was from. So that's super cool. Jeremy, I'm assuming like you heard the the beat come up and you were like, no idea. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it was a cool intro. Oh, I've got it in my head now. I want to freaking do it so bad. Yeah, I do too. I like. I want to do it, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of like music, though, 
So did you pay attention to that that last battle between the doctors and the music? No, like that was so cool. Yeah, I agree. It was one of the coolest. I don't know. There was a lot of cool fight scenes. I don't know if I could rank them yeah. very well right now. But yeah, the the music sheet fight yeah. scene between Doctor Strange and Sinister Strange, I think is what they're calling him, is a really fucking cool fight scene. Especially, I love like the climax of it where like he looks over and strums the the heart. Yeah. And you notice the like, and I'm I'm sure your wife picked up on this, Richard, too, like, because I, I think mine did too, as far as whenever our doctor was fighting and then it changed to sinister, like they would the like it changed to like those minor chords. So it'd mm-hmm. be more like ominous and everything. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. So I thought that scene was awesome and I loved every minute of it, which I say minute, it probably lasted a minute if even yeah. that. Yeah. That's what I hated about that is that like it was seen from that point on yeah. that the movie was rushed. That is my biggest gripe and complaint about this movie is that when we start the movie off, it's like they are literally hitting the ground and running with what the story is pretty much going to be about. And they take a like quick three-minute break to kind of get you in places to where Dr. Strange is, is at in his life and introduce Christine Palmer as being married and stuff like that. And another theme that's going to be Dr. Strange's issue throughout the whole movie. And then we get right back to what the story is, the main story, and it doesn't let up and it doesn't stop. Mm. But then it's like... I, I got I to gotta butt in just one one quick second. The only time that they did stop was when they went to go get the book of Vashanti because I was just like, the entire time they're running, and then when they finally get there, they're taking their sweet ass time to get the book. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. That was, that was my thing too. I turned to my wife when we were watching. I was like, "Do did we forget who was behind us here?" I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's like they they get there to the book, and they just for you know lack of better words, and quoting Richard here, they dick all. Like they don't even do anything with it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like. This book has been made out to be the keys to solving all the problems and you get it in your hands and what do you do? You fuck it up, doctor. You fuck it up. <laughs> but I'll have to agree with Michael like with that being rushed like because that was another thing like after after that one whenever he goes back to his his earth and he has he you know revive, well he doesn't go back to his earth, earth yet but mm-hmm. he revives the doctor that's still on our earth. He dreams walks with him and then get, uses the spirits, demons, whatever they are Oh my god! I was like, that was so cool, yeah. but like, it was over in half a second. I was like, what, what? the crap? Yeah, the visuals, <laughs> the visuals in this movie. The, that's one of the reasons why I think I like this movie so much. Is from the trailers, I thought the zombie strange with the like de- undead cloak was going to be like an evil strange or something. Yeah, but he's the like I never in a million years would have thought that would be the good guy. Yeah, and <laughs> yes, like Jeremy, like I love that they put an electric guitar when yes. he's like, because that was metal as fuck. Like yeah. using the souls of the damned to be his like cloak of levitation was just so cool. Yes, I I completely agree there, and like just just that whole ascension there, and it, it was. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was a bit rushed. I wanted it to take its time. I th- I don't know. I think they wanted a short runtime for this movie. But it didn't like what was the full full runtime? It didn't seem like it was that short. 
Uh, you know, what? I didn't put that down. Uh, it's a, it's two hours. It's a little over two hours. Like I want to say it's like two hours and seven minutes or maybe 17. Has it just become like the, is it like the standard runtime for movies nowadays? Cause I remember when our movies were like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, movies have gotten usually, yeah. Like you said, like 90 minutes was usually like a good solid movie, but now they've gotten way longer to the point where some of them try to like be just under three hours. It seems like as of recent, Jeez, I'm going to look up the runtime for it. Yeah. It's two hours and six minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It felt like it was a pretty long, long movie. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's just the standard now. But I just, they had such, such an awesome build up to that, that scene and him reviving and then, you know, basically almost being killed and then him coming back and using them. And if you blink, you missed it. And it's just, I was like, that was such a cool scene. And I wish, because like, like I think whenever we were talking about this off, I don't know, I don't think we were on the podcast talking about this last week, but whenever we were mentioning it, I know Michael had said something about like a cool Wanda, Doctor Strange fight. And I thought that was going to be like, I know that he had other ones that were pretty cool too, but like, I thought that one was going to be the one that he was talking about. And it was just, it was, it was done. And I was like, I, what happened? Yeah. I mean, it was literally about as quick as the one like before when they were at Comertage. I, I was fine with that one being a quick one because like Wanda, it was you, they had to sit there and show that Wanda was yeah as powerful as she is at that point in time. So I, I was cool with that one being quick, but like the big boss battle at the end between Strange and his movie and Wanda, like I, I understand the whole they were the whole scalpel thing and like that makes sense and letting America take over and kind of finishing it. Yeah. But still I was just like, could have had more in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. I mean, and, and, and it was like, what I was telling my wife was you hit the ground running and you did it so well. And you were telling the story the whole time, like the whole time you're going, you were telling story, but like, I, I want to say they had like other things. And I know there, there was a bunch of rumors about cameos and stuff like that, but surely another 40 or so minutes worth was not just cameos. I, I feel like they cut some of the ending off is what I feel like. Yeah, maybe. Just because of how good the story was going to the ending. I, it wasn't as bad as Shang-Chi for me because Shang-Chi was so awesome at first and I was so hyped for it. And then it's like, as the movie went on, I gradually just didn't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like this one, I mean, I was like, I was in it the entire, like, yeah. it was only until after the movie, I was like, the ending just felt short. Yeah. So. As much as I liked the music fight scene between the two strangers, you could almost cut that out or give that to Wanda. You know what I mean? Like make that a Wanda fight and completely cut out. I uh, no. And have it be, <laughs> uh, have more of Strange and Wanda fighting. I mean, like, I, I like, I really would have loved Wanda and Strange fighting more, but that I, I really, really, really dug that the, the music fight scene. So, oh no, I'm saying still keep the music note fight. I'm saying instead of it being another Strange that he's fighting, just have it be Wanda. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Like yeah. you could have just used like he just could have went there, found the dark hold in that universe, used it to dreamwalk, fight Wanda, 
and then have this cool battle. And at one point, you know, Strange and them use music notes or something to fight Wanda and Wanda fights back using it. Okay. I think it would have been awesome. Like if one of his, uh, spirits could have whipped out like an, an electric guitar or something. Yeah. And like just started strumming it. <laughs> be like the, the, I forget. I'm kind of being a guitar player. I feel embarrassed, but I can't think of the name of the guitar, but it's the one like ACDC would have that has the, has the points. Like it looks like, it looks like an arrow head, like basically the body. Mm-hmm. That'd be like the perfect guitar to use on it. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so, we see Mount Wondecor. Like, that's a big, like, that's like a Comertage, a Kung Lung. It's like a place that's mentioned tons of times in, like, the comics. I don't know much about it other than, like, the Darkhold was uh, written there. Uh, Cthon, you know, has a big thing there. And then the High Evolutionary, who supposedly is going to appear in Guardians 3, like, set up shop there as well. So I thought it was really kind of interesting that we see and they verbally call it Mount Wondegore. Yeah. Where was that one? Where where was Mount Wondegore? It's the mountain that Wanda goes up to that has That's like, the one the that stars. she was Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Darth Vader's castle. <laughs> Darth yeah. Vader's castle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I will say like whenever they came into that, you know, when she and Wong first came in there and then like she lit it up and one of the little dudes was big dudes was standing there. I was like, "Oh, oh. like that one like I that like I was like holy cow that one got me. I jumped. I yes. jumped too. Yeah. I literally was like whoa. <laughs> uh, but that one was pretty cool. I weirdly jumped at the uh, the eyeball in the uh, reflection at the beginning of the movie when Wanda's trapped in the mirror oh. dimension and they're all <laughs> oh, like yeah. she's using reflections and and like they're trying to cover everything up and then America Chavez. Like covers one up and then there's another and like an eyeball pops up, which <laughs> once again, that's very Sam Raimi. Like he loves some like eyeballs popping up in things. Yeah. Or getting popped out yeah. with street lamps. Yeah. I, lo- <laughs> I love when they kill, which by the way, they don't verbally call it Gargantos at all in the movie. Right. So so I was going to ask like, I'm sorry, like, but that was going to be my, my question is I know. Michael, you had mentioned at the beginning, like Gargantos, is that a is that a big deal calling him that or not calling him that? Or uh so we've talked about before Shimagorath is like a, a fear lord type entity. He's an elder god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um they couldn't use his name, but that is definitely his likeness. The the creature in Doctor Strange now? Yeah. Yeah, oh, really? that looks exactly like Shumagorath. Oh, okay. yeah, he's a big like octopus with a giant eyeball. But in the comics, he's massive. Like he's like planetary size. <laughs> he's a. Yeah, I thought that's what you said before. Yeah. yeah, he's an elder god, and he uses chaos magic. He's also like a big kind of arch nemesis for Doctor Strange. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think because they're calling him Gargantos, they're they're. The reason why he's called Gargantos is there's a argument over the rights for the name Shimagorath mm-hmm. because he was used in a like Conan book or something. I forget what it was. It's probably not a Conan book. I forget where it was though. But I think they're going to try and get the rights or work out a deal and eventually at some point in another Doctor Strange movie we'll get actual Shimagorath. I could be wrong, but the fact that they don't call him Gargantos and all the toys and things are just naming him Gargantos 
makes me kind of feel like they're saving it to possibly use actual Shimagorath later on. Mm. Well, like we once said before, and I think maybe you had said this, Richard, is that it could just be like it was an offspring or a follower or it was almost a race. And so that's not even like that particular creature is Gargantos, but he's of the same race or whatever of as Shumagorath. So I, I'd be fine if they did that as well, because Gargantos in the comics is like technically a giant octopus, like shows up in the comics twice. The Submariner 13, I believe is what I said. And the X-Men fight him in, in another book. Like that's literally, that's it. I mean, he, he may have one, he has one more appearance than Arthur Hera. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I believe Shumagora's first appearance is in a Marvel premiere book. So I it's it's odd. I'm sure somebody does own the rights to that character and they, they may not have it. Yeah, Marvel premiere number 10 is the first appearance of Shumagorath, an incredibly powerful elder god. Yeah, um, so, I was going to look up. He he. The reason why the whole lawsuit's going on is the name Shumagorath is name-dropped in a Conan book. Mm. See, another thing that's funny about that is that the, the app that I use for a lot of this stuff says the first mention of Shumagorath is in Marvel premiere number five. So that's... And, and Marvel did Conan books for a while there. That's where um, the first appearance of Amit is in a Conan book, a Marvel Conan book. So that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, so what do you think the ramifications of this movie has for like Blade? Because the Darkhold is like they say in this movie, it's the Book of the Damned. And it's it's not said in this movie, but in the comics, which they usually try to pull things from the comics, it specifically is what creates vampires in the in, in the Marvel universe. But Wanda destroys all of them throughout the multiverse. Yes. So what is the ramifications of that, I wonder? So not only does it have ties, I just learned this today, not only does the, the Darkhold have ties to vampires, but it also has ties to zombies being in main Marvel continuity in the comics, which I didn't know that, but I found that out today. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean, they, there's been talks of a Marvel Zombies TV show, is like on Disney+. Plus whether it be like a uh, animated, like what if or something like that, I would think it would have to be like that. Uh, and I mean, if we're getting Blade, we're getting vampires. Yeah. So that's happening. I wonder if we're actually going to get Cthon. I wonder if that's what that third eye is about because Cthon possessed Mordred the Mystic before he possessed Wanda in the comic books. And, you know, he's possessed other people on top of that. Cthon was the writer of the Darkhold like we talked before. Mm -mm. And so it's just odd for Strange to have a third eye. Now, Wanda never had a third eye. Well, the other Strange did have a third eye as well. So I wonder if that's Cthon. That actually makes sense if we do bring Cthon that way, like he's possessing Strange, like almost like a Voldemort, you know, on the back of that dude's head in the first movie. <laughs> the fans yeah. were thinking that, so in the comics, Doctor Strange has a third eye. And... <laughs> It's opened when he uses the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah. The, the whole point of the Eye of Agamotto is it reveals hidden secrets to the user and it opens Strange's third eye. It's a, lot, a lot of time it's depicted when he uses it, it floats up to his head 
and acts like a third eye. And also, the uh, writer has said that the Eye of Agamotto, while it did house the Time Stone, it apparently, they are saying now that it does have magical properties. Yeah. So by using both light and dark magic, it's like opened Strange's mind to like the the multiverse in the sense of like, he, he his third eye has been opened is what I'm trying to say. It's like he can now see all essentially. Huh. But I like the idea that that could be Cthon like trying to use Strange to like, I guess, come back or something. I mean, especially now if there's no dark holds at all, you know? Mm-hmm. So what? The third eye there, I mean, what is it used for? I mean, I, I guess it kind of, is it allowing him to see the different multiverses a little bit or? Right now, we don't know. But like I told you, the way the comic book, like when he uses the eye of Agamotto, it becomes his third eye to reveal yeah secrets that are hidden from the user. So in other words, like if there's like an invisible creature, he uses the eye of Agamotto, which he actually does in this movie. When Gargantos is invisible, he opens the eye of Agamotto and it reveals Gargantos. I didn't realize that he opened the eye then. That's what I was kind of wondering. I was trying to play it back in my head. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. He does that weird like hand symbol thing. And <laughs> and he tried to use it to I, open that love, door as well. Mm-hmm. I wish, uh, like that was one of the times I wish we had had video because I would have loved everybody tried to see Richard trying to make the hand gesture that Dr. Strange was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a uh, for for anime fans. I look like Naruto trying to like summon something. <laughs> anyway, look like the guy from Scary, the Butler from Scary Movie. <laughs> Take my strong hand. Take my strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> so in the when it in like in what if is after he like consumed all those other creatures that he got his third eye there, mm-hmm. or was it just that he he just started looking crazy? Uh, it could well now that you mentioned that that could be the same thing is that like he's learned both good and dark magic and it's opened his third eye yeah or it could be Cthon like I we don't know right now I like that they use the word I I was always worried that they would not because China has very much like they don't like from what I've heard they don't like that they don't like showing that they don't like whatever so uh, I'm glad that they sat there and they're like out the gate in the front of the movie, they're like, yeah, demon's chasing her. Like they were using the word demon. Mm. And, you know, then talking about Cthon and like he's a demon and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this is, I'm I'm cool with this. This is awesome. So, I mean, yeah, like we got the third eye. We've got the, the mid credit stinger of Clea coming up to him. And apparently Strange did cause an incursion of some sort. Yeah. And, straight up in the middle of the street or the sidewalk or where it starts ripping a hole in reality to go into the dark dimension. And he's got no problem whipping out that third eye now either. So (laughs) where are we going? (laughs) Yeah, that the ending, like the way it shows him going down the street and all of a sudden he's like, wait, something's wrong. And then like it does the Raimi snap zoom to him going like, and then like the eye opens up. (laughs) Like, was it was a fine ending, but then it cuts to like after the credits, it cuts to him walking down the street again, perfectly normal. Clea shows up in what I have to say, the most goofiest looking like superhero <laughs> costume. She looks so dumb in that outfit. And then she's like, you know, you've you've created an incursion. Come with me. And she like 
does her best impression of Psylocke and cuts open a portal <laughs> and then like jumps through and he's like, sure. And he does like, he pulls off the scarf and it turns into his costume and then opens up the eye. It was a very weird stinger. That is, it was, was it not? Like it was a weird one. Yeah. I, I thought it was very bizarre. It's like they just had to throw something in there real quick to like, hey, we're going to put this as just a cl- a little clue or a hint, whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of the the spoilers I heard, not spoilers, one of the stingers I heard that was rumored there for a while uh, and sound like very legit was that Stephen, we would cut to a scene and just a city would look decimated and he would have a vision of Kang. Then you would see... Oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> then you'd see Umar and somebody else. And I can't remember now who that other person was. And then he'd like wake up like it was a dream. And and the impact that dreams have now in the Marvel Universe yeah. mm-hmm. is pretty cool now too because apparently it's not necessarily a dream. It's a alternate reality of yourself that you've tapped into. Yeah. So, which that's crazy. So I like Wong's alternate reality there. Yeah. They had, uh, <laughs> in the comics, they had said, I don't know about dreams, but they had always said that when you have nightmares, you're tapping into the nightmare dimension. Okay. Which, you know, nightmare is a Doctor Strange, like, villain. He's like king over the nightmare dimension. So that is like, something I guess they're playing with. Like I said, I don't know what they do with dreams, but definitely nightmares. That's another Doctor Strange villain this big that like we still haven't even come close to meeting that. Mm-hmm. And like if we do, I hope Sam Raimi comes back for that. Like Yeah, really. That would be awesome. All right. So incursions mean secret orders, right? Yeah. Like we are we agreeing on that? Like Oh yeah. Well that's what I was gonna say. Like I know Richard talked about earlier as far as as soon as they said incursion, it meant secret wars. So why why does incursion mean secret wars? Is that just a big event that's going on in there? Yeah, it was a big event back in 2015, 2016, somewhere around in there where Jonathan Hickman did New Avengers and, you know, the Illuminati was established and they discovered that the multiverse was essentially crashing in on itself. And they called when these two Earths would collide incursions. And they basically turned, like, they turned the Avengers into, like, monsters because they established that if you did nothing, both Earths would die. But if you blew up the other Earth, your Earth would survive. Oh. So, like, they had to do, like, missions where one of them, they essentially fought, like, the Justice League like, it's not the Justice League, but it's like a one-to-one of the Justice League. Because <laughs> uh, there's like a big guy who has like heat vision and can fly. And there's a super speedster. And then there's like a Batman and a Wonder Woman analog. But yeah, anyway, they end up blowing up like a ton of Earths. And then eventually it comes down to Earth 616, which is the comic book main one. And Earth, I cannot remember the ultimate. Uh, I used to know it by heart now. The ultimate universe's number. It's like 6116 or something. I can't remember. That sounds right. But uh, it came down to the ultimate universe where Miles comes from, Miles Morales, and the proper like 616 universe. And they couldn't stop it, essentially. So they just let both Earths die 
And all while that was going on, Victor Von Doom, Dr. Doom, the Fantastic Four villain, took the powers of a very powerful character called Molecule Man, who can control literally the atoms, the molecules in anything, and stole the powers of the Beyonders. And he used that uh, power to take all the pieces of the smashed like multiverses and created what's called a battle world. And he became God King Doom. And he ruled over it. And then they did the story called Secret Wars, where basically they have to return everything back to normal. It's a really good read. I absolutely think we should read it. We should probably even read the original Secret Wars just so you can kind of get like what they're calling back to, essentially, with the Beyonder wanting to do this ultimate test of good and evil back in the day. It was really just to sell toys, which I think we've talked about that. (laughs) But the 2015 Jonathan Hickman run was really fun. And it's, like I said, I think I've said this previously, it's filled with a bunch of fan service moments. There's some really dope moments. And absolutely, they will bring some of those to the big screen because like during Endgame, when fans were jumping and going crazy over, you know, Captain America wielding Mjolnir and all this other stuff, they will absolutely do some of these things on screen. My only question is, will it be Doom or are they just going to make it Kang the Conqueror? Oh, man. I think that would be a hell of a way to bring Doom in. Yeah, I want it to be Doom. Like, you don't need a Fantastic Four movie to introduce Doom. No. I think we have cleared that that way. Like, I think you can introduce Doom in anything and, and we know who that is. And I think we would all be thrilled like outside of a fantastic four movie i think is definitely the way to go in all honesty so i could that would be awesome to introduce them in that way Mm -hmm. in my opinion oh yeah oh my god i would love it (laughs) (laughs) the the ultimate universe i looked it up real quick is 1610 so 1610 okay which sounds off but hey uh, google's smarter than i am Mm -hmm. so there you go (laughs) here's my other question as far as like the ultimate universe and stuff like that and the incursions, you know, we already had Donald Glover come in as Uncle Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, Miles's Uncle Aaron in the Spider-Man movies. The Prowler. The Prowler, yeah. And he he's never really taken on the Prowler moniker here, which is fine for me anyways. But, you know, he makes reference that he's got a nephew and stuff like that. And everybody's like, oh, that's Miles. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not forget that the Miles Morales that everybody loves is from 1610, the ultimate universe. Right. The Miles Morales that's evil is from the 616 universe. Mm. So if we're naming this Earth the 616, then that Miles that they was being referred to, that's the evil Miles. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that they made this 616. <laughs> I just don't. Because <laughs> this, this just muddies up so much, like, as far as for people to converse with one another. It just like, I fuck it. I'm calling it one nine, 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 and they can't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Feige can't show up and be like, you know, put a gun to my head. Like I absolutely, Oh, you don't know that. uh, That's true. I don't, (laughs) by the way, I just want to go Ezra Miller on you. I I, like, Oh God. (laughs) I just want to say that I, it is known that Feige, like, also has like a hatred for like inhumans. 
So I feel like this <laughs> this Black Bolt scene was literally <laughs> Feige being like, fucking bring up Inhumans again, I dare you. <laughs> it was just a mic drop moment for him. <laughs> I, I know we talked about it earlier, but I didn't get to say my, my thoughts on it. Uh, the ones that stick out to me, and, and we've already mentioned them, like Black Bolt, absolutely, that's going to stick with me for, like, that was, when I saw that, I just... I just sat there with my mouth open for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. When I saw Peggy Carter's mm-hmm. get sliced in half, I was like, holy shit, this is dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I saw Xavier's, I was just like, oh my fucking, like, I've got to see this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I mean, Mr. Fantastic was cool and all, Krasinski being fan, Mr. Fantastic, like that was, okay, that was great. I, I'm not a Fantastic Four fan at all, really. So... That didn't mean a whole, whole lot to me. There was a lot of like hoop and holler whenever he got revealed. Yeah. He's been fan cast as, as Mr. Fantastic for years now, along with uh, his wife, Emily Blunt, as yes. the Invisible Woman. And from what I've heard, she has no interest in being the, the Invisible Woman, but that's also rumors and just random, well, she, you know, whatever. A little, little bit of backstory too. Also, John Krasinski was originally brought in to... Like, I think he wore the suit and did, like, screen testings, if I'm not mistaken. But he was originally slated to be Captain America. And his wife... Yeah. And his wife, Emily Blunt, they originally wanted her for two roles. She couldn't make it on both, but they wanted to have her as Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. And she was also... Was reached out to play... I can't think of her name, but the Wasp. Oh, Oh, cool. But yeah, both times. I didn't know that. Yeah, both times she huh. was not able to make it. I be- I forget the reasons why, but yeah. So Marvel has wanted her for a while and fans like myself included want Krasinski and Emily Blunt to be Reed and Sue because one, it's Marvel's first family. Mm-hmm. It's like the Fantastic Four are a family. And if you've watched like A Quiet Place, one, it's a good movie and it really shows the chemistry because obviously they would have chemistry because they're married in real life. But the chemistry that both John Krasinski has with Emily Blunt would work really, really well because at the end of the day, I want my Fantastic Four movie to be like a family movie. Like, And what I mean by that is like, they're a family. They're not like a dysfunctional family like say Guardians but they're like, they love each other and not yeah. all of them are related, but like they stick together through thick and thin. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I've, I've heard rumors of Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Taking on the role of Sue Storm. Also, I've heard rumors of her being the director. I've heard rumors of Krasinski coming back to be the 616, uh, Mr. Fantastic. I've heard rumors of him also taking up the role of director because that movie has lost its director. Yeah, he was the Spider-Man director. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scarlet Witch dies at the end. She realizes the the error of her ways and offs herself. Do we think she's coming back? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I th- with the prophecy being the way it is. I think one of two things will happen. We'll either get a multiversal Wanda that comes back, or B, they'll say the Scarlet Witch died, but Wanda is still alive. Okay. Because we see like a red explosion happen yeah. right. in that debris when it's all coming down. 
who's to say she didn't create some kind of like weird bubble shield that like shielded her from being crushed to death? Yeah, yeah. Or a spell was broke or something. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, would she still have the like the telekinetic powers? It's just the other stuff kind of is off. Yeah, I think I think she'll have her weird generic like red glowy telekinesis powers, but she won't be able to use like reality warping magic. Or maybe she will. I don't know because part of me thinks that they're wanting to do eventually like a House of M storyline with her. Because yeah. I think Michael, you said this off podcast, but she signed on for like a nine picture deal or something like that. So I'd heard that, and apparently that's a rumor that's going on that she had signed a seven-year deal or a, a multi-picture deal. Apparently, that's a rumor. And another thing that makes me think more bad about it is because she was upset about the contracts and the way they did them. Because basically, what she was saying was, or what I think I read her saying, was that she would sign a contract and they'd say, all right, look, you got to keep these dates open because we may use you. Mm. whether they used her or not. Oh. Like, she had to keep those open. She couldn't take work in those time periods. Yeah. And so, like, that would be a bummer to sit there and, like, black out these cool movies that you could be a part of, or even TV shows now, mm-hmm. and not be able to do them because you've got a contract with Marvel, which I'm sure she's not hurting or anything like that, but still, like, an, you're an actor because you want to be creative and you want to act. And then somebody's telling you, essentially, well, no, you can't do that because we have you for these dates. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see, you know, if, but then I also read where she was like, yeah, like we would sit there and we'd do a contract and then that would come close to an end and we would redo it. And then that one come, would come close to an end and we would redo it. So like that was a common occurrence apparently with her from what I was reading is that her contract kept getting like small extensions almost like she would, she would come in and they would do her thing. And then they'd be like, all right, uh, yeah, let's, let's, this is our idea or something. You know, are, would you be, you know, we want to use you for these possible movies and, and she would sign on. So I kind of have these wishy washy things. You never know. It's all articles and stuff like that anyway. So you don't know what's true. You don't know what's false unless it comes directly from her mouth and you see her actually saying it. But yeah, I, I kind of wonder if that's a true rumor or not. So I, I could definitely see, you know, her coming back, though. I, I hope she does because yeah. her performance in this was be- by far the best I've seen the entire time. Yeah. And like we didn't. That was the other thing I meant to mention. We don't get any like we get one mention of vision in this entire movie. <laughs> and it's at the very beginning. And like we don't see vision at all. So I feel like they're either going to do that like. I don't know, what was it, like 2017 run of Vision where Vision makes his own like robotic family or they're going to have some sort of, you know, closure on like the Wanda and Vision love story. Yeah, I mean, they separated in the comic books and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, that that story, I believe, is a Tom King story as well. The one you're talking about with the robotic family and stuff. Yes. That's it. That's where we get Viv Vision. Mm-hmm. And she is a member of the Champions mm-hmm. who also has characters, a part of it in Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel, Miles Morales as Spider-Man, Amadeus Cho as the Hulk or Braun and Cyclops, a young alternate reality, alternate time Cyclops. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and Sam Alexander Nova is part of that team as well. 
So there's a lot of people saying, you know, we may get that. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think they're going to, I think they'll bring him back to do just a closure. I think he'll come back and be like, look, I'm not the same vision mm, okay. that you knew, that you know. I, that's kind of my opinion is what I think they're going to do. So Okay, cool. All right. Well, y'all got anything else? No, I think that's it. I did have actually one quick question, though, I think. And it's not necessarily any kind of like comic book reference or anything like that. But as far as this movie, just in general, and kind of like what we'd been discussing, it's, it seemed like this one was very close to being that R-rated type thing. Mm. Are we, you feel like we're getting closer and closer to that? I, I don't think it was very R-rated. Like, just because now, like, R-rating, you really have to do well a lot to have R-rating. It's mostly, like, cuss words or, like, sex scenes. But, like, as far as violence goes, sometimes they'll just say it's PG-13. It has to be, like, really violent. Like, yeah. in other words, like, we'll see, like, entrails. This one is definitely, like, more scary slash violent than what they have been. Agreed. No, mm-hmm. it is... It is by far the darkest Disney Marvel like thing that they've ever put out so far. Which is funny because Moon Knight just ended and that should have been the darkest thing. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who did Moon Knight should have taken notes. Yeah. Do I think we'll ever get an R rating? Absolutely not. Because Disney will not do that. They'll do a PG-13 but they will not do an R rating. If they do an R rating, it will not be underneath the Disney like banner. Yeah, I can see that. I disagree. <laughs> I th- I think this was going towards an art writing. Uh, and I think they were kind of treading the line. I think the way that they did things, they were they were trying to do, uh, they were trying to give you the the idea of certain things with Wanda dripping oil when it looks very much like blood. But we know good and well she was defeating Ultron bots off the scene. Um, and when we even saw her, you know, ripping up Ultron bots and stuff like that. The way just us seeing her snap the neck on the screen and I, I just, yeah, I could I could see them going towards an R rating and something like that eventually. And I think with the moves that they've made with Daredevil and Punisher and stuff like that, like as those things become accepted and, then, and we start talking about those and geeking out about those, then that's going to open that door up as well. Deadpool is coming. Like Ryan Reynolds has already said, like he's already started to work on that. I highly doubt that Deadpool will be PG-13. The PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 that came out, like nobody talks about that. Like that thing is not like acts like it doesn't even exist. So I I don't know if they'll necessarily do a hard R, but like this movie, um, it never dropped any F-bombs. It never, I don't even know that, shit was even said but there were several cuss words that were thrown out there as well and then moon knight had surprisingly like you know i made fun of the first episode where they they wouldn't say shit but then by the end of it he was i'd shit my pants but (laughs) (laughs) so it's like they're getting more comfortable with using profanity they're getting more comfortable with things you know people walking around with blood all over them and stuff like that so like i could see us potentially having r-rated stuff eventually I think, uh, I don't know that it necessarily would be under the Disney banner, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, Michael. Like if, if the Disney logo shows up in front of this movie, when, like when the movie starts and we see the Disney like logo, it will not be an R rating. 
but also <laughs> the MP uh, was it the MPAA? Like I don't know if y'all know this, but I forget. Well, it was one of the Star Trek Next Generation movie where like they kill a bunch of people and bloods floating all throughout the like space cabin, and they made them change it pink because they were fine with pink blood, but not red blood. Like there's a lot right? of stupid <laughs> ass things that they do. So. Yes, Wanda probably was like covered in blood in that scene, but then they probably went like, oh, make it oil. But right. I, that's what I, I'm saying. And then, like, you can say shit all day in a PG 13. You can't say fuck in a PG 13, <laughs> but one time. You can only say it once. <laughs> right. I think the way they'll do Deadpool is, is they will censor him and that'll be like, he'll break the fourth wall. Like, he'll say, like, you know, whatever, and it'll bleep him out. He's like, wait, I'm in a PG-13 movie. You mean I can't say fuck? And, like, they don't bleep it, meaning, like, he can only use fuck once. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> oh, hey, it worked. And then he says fuck again, but then it's bleeped. And he's like, no. And, like, I could, I could see them doing something like that. Like, they can skirt these things. I don't think they'll do an R rating. Like, even with Wolverine coming, which is going to suck because Wolverine should be someone where we see hyper-violence. Yeah. I just don't think they'll see that. We'll see. We'll see. I, well, I'll mm -hmm. have to agree to disagree on that one, just because I Logan did as well as it did as an R rating. Uh, Deadpool's done as well as it did with an R rating. I just... That's money. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's money. That's they all still there is. Make money. And, they still make money even when it's PG-13, though. Uh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man made a, <laughs> almost know. a billion dollars. Actually, I think it did make a On billion what? dollars. I'm talking about with uh, Doctor Strange? Oh, Spider-Man? Yeah. I haven't looked up the numbers. That, but for... that's Spider-Man, though, too. Yeah, I was about I to mean... say, you, you don't expect it to be R-rated with Spider-Man. Right. Well, But what I'm getting at is all these movies are PG-13. Like, uh, okay. Well, anyway, I'll make a list for you <laughs> next time and present it all if you if you want me to, but... I said no. I'm I'm cool with you agreeing to disagree. Like I just, <laughs> it's one of those like where we were with 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 uh, with Moon Knight where we were kind of kind of hope that it would be into that that next level of like violence and dark and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be very very questionable to see what happens. Oh, and apparently from Richard's research on Reddit, our view of Moon Knight was not the popular opinion. <laughs> So, I still don't agree with that. Yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> like, I don't understand why people like that. So, anyways. Alright, where can they find you at, Jeremy? Uh, they can find me every now and then on Twitch, uh, streaming just a little bit or whatever. Um, and uh, you can find me under the handle as uh, Night Fury GTO. That's Night with a K. <laughs> Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry, Night like day and night, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us, we are on Instagram. Our Instagram is Comically Comics Podcast. We also have a Gmail. Our Gmail is Comically Comics Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, for all you out there that's listening, eventually we're going to start reading your, uh, Thor God of Thunder run. So get your books out, start reading along with us. You can find me on Instagram at 22 underscore comics. You can find me at whatnot, the same handle. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs>
Things just got out of hand. 